This is the Memory Palace. I'm Nate DeMeo. They took a lion cub from the Nubian desert and they put him in the movies. They called him Jackie, trained him to sit and come on command, to rear up, to look fierce but not be fierce. They kept him well fed so he wouldn't eat anyone. And they made Jackie chase Tarzan through the jungles of the Los Angeles Arboretum. Menace Jane from the edge of the shallow concrete pond dressed with palm fronds and ferns. Around the corner from the Ursat suburbs on the MGM backlot, where he scampered about for the cameras until some director called cut, and had sufficient footage to make it appear that Jackie was chasing Laurel and or Hardy. In some morning in 1927, He was led out of his cage, led through the lot where the showgirls and sequins shuffled off to their 715 call, walked amidst extras in togas and cowboy hats, and was led to a soundstage where he hopped up on two crates, one for his back paws, one for his front paws, looked into the camera, leaned into a microphone, and roared. That roar would be heard hundreds of times a day at thousands of movie theaters across the movie-mad world. It was the late 1920s, and the movies were it. They were the thing you did. Everyone. Every demographic. Everywhere. There were 20,000 theaters in the U.S. alone. There were vast movie palaces with velvet curtains and gilt ceilings, balconies and orchestras and loges and tuxedoed ushers in every big city. And there were silver screens and folding chairs and storefronts and old vaudeville halls in just about every hill and holler. A nickel, a dime, for a feature or two, a newsreel, shorts, cartoons, a couple of coins for a whole evening's entertainment, for a whole afternoon's childcare. And now with sound, there was sound now. Broadway melodies, thundering cavalry, cannonades, Tap shoes, sighing lovers, captured forever, like Jackie, roaring. At the beginning of every MGM picture, 10 seconds in time, captured forever. And relived again and again and again, duplicated, spliced onto reel after reel after reel, familiar to just about every man, woman, and child in the United States and beyond for decades. Officially, Jackie was Leo. That's the MGM Lion's name. It's nom de marketing. Jackie was the second Leo. The first was named Slats. And he didn't roar. It was the silent era. So he just kind of looked around. But Jackie roared. And people loved him for it. The idea was rock solid. People love Leo. And people love planes. It was the summer of 1927. Lindbergh had landed in Paris in May. Aviators were in the papers all the time. New speed records, endurance records, altitude records. X guy flew from X place to Y place for the first time. So it's July or August, and someone at the publicity office at MGM says, what if we put Leo in a plane? And it was basically the best idea anyone had ever heard. He'd be the first animal, non-human category, to fly non-stop cross-country. 
the publicity would be amazing. So they found a pilot, a famous one, who'd just come in second in a race from California to Honolulu, which was the kind of thing that could make you famous in 1927. They found a plane, which was the same model as Lindbergh's Spirit of St. Louis, and they tricked it out, put in state-of-the-art navigation systems, and built a special cage for Jackie. He wouldn't be able to turn around, because any shift in weight could disrupt the flight. But he could handle it for the 20 hours or so it would take to go from San Diego to New York. Not that they asked Jackie. And the press and the public ate it up and descended upon a Southern California airfield to wish their beloved Leo bon voyage. And the voyage was going totally bone until they flew over Arizona. And the famous pilot dipped down to wave to a relative as he passed near her house and couldn't regain altitude. And he clipped a tree. And the plane went down in the middle of the Arizona desert. Jackie survived. You can breathe easy. The plane broke up, but the cage remained intact, and the famous pilot left him some sandwiches and water. And four days later, he came back with some cowboys and found Jackie hungry but healthy. It was a bad look for MGM, nearly killing its mascot. But there is no bad publicity, right? And so Leo the Lion became Leo the Lucky, and Jackie went on tour. No plane this time. He was driven in a custom-made 24-foot-long car, outfitted with a gilded cage with room to turn around. He traveled in a three-car caravan with a 54-note circus calliope and a trainer and a manager and valets who were there, they said, to attend to his every need. He ate fine cuts of fine meat. He wanted for nothing, they said. They knew they had nearly killed him in that plane crash and they were going to do right by him from here on out. Right by him, it seems, was taking him on a 40,000-mile journey through 38 states for three years straight. Right by him, it seems, was riding in an open cage on state roads at speeds, though safe, were not speeds a lion was born to travel. Right by him, it seems, were stops in 1,418 cities and towns where he did things he was not born to do. There was nothing instinctual, nothing lion-like, nothing that had been encoded in his DNA by generations upon generations of natural selection about being made to roar on command, to not roar, despite his desires, to offer his big paw to small-town bigwigs, to entertain at orphanages, to attend ribbon cuttings, to bring an odd joy to thousands upon thousands of human beings who flock to town squares and village greens to see this celebrity from the silver screen. While he sat like a dog, when he was not a dog, bred to want human companionship, to want to be pet, to be somehow pleased by pleasing people. I'm sure some of these people were cruel, because they were people. I don't trust a boy in a Michigan roadside in 1929, 1930, not to test his arm and test what happens when you hit the only lion you were ever going to see in your town with a rock. And I'm sure there were times when the nights were too cold, when the crosswinds were too strong on some county road out of Eau Claire or Coeur d'Alene, when he had to sit too long while the mayor of Waxahachie or Carpinteria asked for a retake of his big photo op with the famous Leo because he was sure he'd blinked. But he was well-fed, 
and well cared for. His handlers were kind, within limits, historical and scientific. He would have been bad for business otherwise. He spent his retirement at the Philadelphia Zoo, where he died pretty young of a bad heart. There have been far worse lives led by African lions in North America. There were other Leos after Jackie, each made to do things they weren't born to do. But Jackie is still captured forever. You can see him at the beginning of the old movies. Catch him on TV now and then. You could search him on YouTube. That's Jackie in sepia tone at the start of The Wizard of Oz. And it's nice to see him there. But see him too. In a cage by the wreckage of a single-engine monoplane in the middle of the Arizona desert. And I don't ask you to ignore the bars. See the bars. For he was captured forever. But see him there in the desert. Alert for predators. Scanning the horizon and the scrub brush for movement, for prey. Breathing desert air. Looking out at the stars, at the low rolling hills. No streetlights. No Hollywood sign. Doing what he was born to do. The Memory Palace is written and produced, etc., by me with production assistance by the formidable Kathy Tu, and uh, as I was delighted to find out, by the equally formidable Andrea Milne, my new research assistant. These are new and exciting days here at the Memory Palace. I am shoring up some May tour dates. Uh, I thought I'd be able to announce them by now, but we're not quite there yet. I was kind of zeroing in. Uh, thanks for your patience. Um, we're going to be when I say we, why do I keep saying we? It's going to be me. I'm going to be hitting a few cities uh, in the Midwest and then head up to the Six to Toronto, where I will surely be told not to call it the Six. Radiotopia and uh, PRX are sponsored by the Knight Foundation and MailChimp, who celebrates creativity, chaos, and teamwork, and by listeners uh, like you. And this is a real thing. This is a real part um, of what keeps us afloat and keeps the Memory Palace and the other shows here on Radiotopia going. Thank you for listening and thank you for your support and I'll see you in a couple weeks. <laughs>